a BAM Network production. What's up, everyone? I'm Damon Darensberg, and coming up on the Combine, the NBA restarts its season. Are the Pelicans ready? And the NFL Network releases top 10 NFL players. We're going to see where Trey Roby's favorite player ends up in that ranking. That's all coming up right now on the Combine. You're listening to the Combine with former sports TV broadcaster Damon Darensberg, sports gurus Will Bryant, Terrence Davis, and Trey Roby. Broadcasting live from Skyline Studios in New Orleans East. The Combine is a BAM Network production. What's up, everyone? Good to see everyone. Welcome to another edition of The Combine. I'm Damon Darensberg coming at you from good old West Bank. And we lost one of our West Bank mates. Coach T couldn't make it tonight, but I got to go to my other West Bank fella. Trey, how you doing tonight, man? Man, I'm blessed, man. Holding it down from the West Bank, as always. And we're going to go down to my man, Will. He ain't even looking at us. I know you're probably checking out some sports like we all do. Will, what's going on, man? How you doing? Uh, I'm trying to multitask, man. You know, the older we get, the more difficult that is. I'm trying oh, to I know, one I eye on the Pels and one eye on you guys, but let me get focused right now. I'm attention, span, get... attention span gets real short. Well, like Will said, we got a lot to talk about, particularly with the NBA kicking off its season. I mean, the Pel- Pelicans against the Utah Jazz. And we're going to start right there. Uh, Will, I'm going to let you go first. Like, What have you thought so far, what you've seen uh, from the Pels? It was hilarious to see it because it looked like the same old Pels in that they come out, they get behind, they look sloppy. Stan Van Gundy, who's calling the game, who I absolutely love, just hit it right on the head. He's like, sometimes the Pelicans just don't seem like they have a whole lot of interest in stopping the opposing team from getting to the basket. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> exactly. Like defense is optional sometimes on this team. So that part of it, they start out, and I told somebody, I told my son, I said, don't worry, they're going to come back. Look up again, 10 minutes later, they're up 15, 16, whatever. And then I told him also, don't worry, Utah's going to come back and it's going to be a close game. And here we are right now with a close ball game as well. So it took a minute to knock off the rust. The, the main thing was the, the, the start of the game, the national anthem, which was phenomenal for, for, for locally performing the way it do. I guess this is our home game. So with the uniforms and everything, it's a little confusing, but – I thought everything about it pregame was phenomenal, and, and the atmosphere is great. And so we got some live action, man. No more scrimmaging. No more practice game. This is real stuff, so I'm excited. All right, I'm going to get to, you know, definitely we can talk about all the things around the game, but I'm going to talk a little bit about what's on the court. And like you said, they look like the same old pals. Uh, and, you know, you knew there was going to be some rust because they hadn't played in such a long time. But the thing that was getting me – well, you had a lot of people during all these scrimmages just getting really excited about – uh, you know, how the Pelicans looked and how many points they were putting up. And, and I'm like, I didn't trust that sample size. One, because I didn't think teams were really playing hard defense. You know, I, th- I thought they were going to turn it up when the games got real. And, and two, like you said, the Pelicans is kind of what they do. So in watching this game, aside from the rust, I saw the same things I saw during the season. And, you know, I'm not going to get on my, my, gentry, my gentry tangent because you know no. I can do that. But I saw the same things. I'm talking about particularly from the players on the floor. It looked like that hiatus hurt Lonzo Ball. And I know it's one game, but he hasn't, you know, he just looks like the old Lonzo Ball to where his shot's not there. He's turning the ball over. Now, he's playing a great defense. But I, I, I want to see more, and we will see more as the games are played. But I just think that particular break, and it probably hurt a lot of players. But then there's some players like Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram looks like he's come back better than when he left, you know, when they had the break. So, uh, I think it's just going to be real interesting to see like how players respond to this in this short period of time and getting themselves ready to whoever they have to play next and what's going to happen next with, you know, playoffs and stuff like that. What you got, Trey? You know, honestly, I'm looking at the box score right now. And it, like to Will's point, same old Pels, right? Come out kind of reckless, kind of find their footing. My biggest issue is can you close, right? That's the biggest issue that I've always had with the Pelicans is the ability to close. And to your point, uh, Damien, when, you, when you're talking about Lonzo Ball, right, as of right now, my man is 2 for 10 for from field goal percentage, 0 for 2 on three-point. He's got three rebounds, seven assists, uh, and four overall points in the game. I'm like, look, the Pels could do some damage if one other person comes alive because you got Brandon with 20, you got Zion with 13, and Drew with 18. You need one more guy to kind of close that gap to really – make sure that the team is consistently competitive because look, look, we're not going to dispute that they're, you know, they're not young, that they don't have the energy, that they don't have the, um, the desire, the willpower to win. 
but we gotta we have to be consistent, and that's my only issue with the Pelicans right now. I say I don't think the scoring necessarily is what we're gonna want from Lonzo. Like we, we're gonna want the penetrating, the pace, and the defensive anchor next to Drew. But the scoring part, when he scores, that's Lanyap. When he's knocking out threes, it's like whoa, okay, we'll take that. But ideally, the box score, you got JJ Redick off the bench with his 18. That's what we expect to offset Lonzo. Right. Josh Hart with 10. That's the stuff that's going to offset Lonzo. But the kicker to me, man, I just happened to pull up the box score. This is this is hilarious to me. You said Zion, 13 points, zero rebounds. <laughs> like, which is wild. Wait, that, wait, which is wild, right? Because he, he started at the four. He's playing the four. But it doesn't matter. That's yeah, no like the biggest knock. That's the biggest knock against that guy, the most uber athletic dude in the league. He ain't jumping. He was he six six? No. He's zero rebounds. That is staggering. That makes no sense whatsoever to me. And it's one of those deals to where it makes you just wonder, man. Like, come on. But people at Duke even said that, like, nah, he's a space rebounder. If it comes right. in his area, right. it's his. I'm not gonna fight you for it. Fight for it. No, rebound the rebounders. I'm going in your space and get it. I'm going wherever and get it. I'm jumping over you to get it. Like it's one of those deals when he really wants it, he'll go get it. But that is just that's laughable to me. I could not believe that when I saw but see, it. But see, to your point though about Alonzo, right? I've never heard like I, I get the point about him running the point, getting assists. I got that. Obviously, you're a point guard, you want to distribute the ball. I'm not gonna complain if the brother could get points, because yeah, because here's the thing: JJ's not gonna consistently get 18 off the bench. Right. Without you follow me. So, like, so that's my point about. I need buckets from Lonzo because mm-hmm. I can't always count on JJ to 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 knock down four to four to six threes. No, but that's when it, the, the, the team the comes in. That's when Etwan Moore or somebody else has got to. Throw. It's going to be a team deal now. No, I'm not to saying your, to your not, yeah. but what I'm no, I got you. If you are going to be one of the premier players of the team, like I have to count on you to get at least ten. You're and, running and the point. I'll, I'll give you that. I'm gonna say the same thing. So not only like. If you're going to start for me, if you're going to start for the team, like, and I was thinking the same thing before you said it, you're not going to consistently get 18 from J.J. Reddick. So if you're my starting point guard, and Lonzo averaged, I think, 15 points at UCLA, that's what I kind of need from you. Now, I don't expect you to give me 15 and you're shooting 7 to 8 from the floor or, you know, 10 or 12 from the free throw line, but I need that from you as a starter because we know benches are up and down. You know, so if I'm, yeah. I can't count on my bench and, and Will named Etwan Moore, he's actually played well in the game. I'm not a big fan of his, but he's he's played well in the game. But I'm not you're not gonna always get that from your bench. So if you're my starter, like I get it that you're a facilitator, but I also need you to be able to give me something on the offensive end, because he's a great defender, but I, I need more than two or ten, seven assists. I'll and simplify then we go for you, I'll yeah. simplify for you. You touching the ball the most. You running point. How you only yeah, got he, five points? He's not. He's not though, Trey. You gotta but watch I'm, the game, but, brother. But he's I'm, not. No, but I'm, and that, no, that not, drives but, me. But, but that drives me about him that he he gives it up so much. Right. He'll get a rebound and give it up to Drew yes. to push it. And I'm like, no, B, I want you playing on the rock. I want you pushing it. I can't stand that about him. When he, he will throw it ahead. Like you don't you rarely see him break somebody down off the bounce and get to the rack. But Tonight look, he did it. He, he threw underneath the backboard. But I'm good with five assists. I need more points. I get, I get that it. you're gonna distribute it. We 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 know that you could pass. We got that. I need you're a six foot six point guard, one of the best defensive point guards out, out of the young cats right now in the league. Yep. Steal that ball and go jam that thing. What they gonna do? At least draw the foul. I couldn't agree more. No oh, man. That's not his. That's not his mo. That 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 thing don't beat the same in him. Because again, when I see him give the ball up to Drew. Nobody loves Drew more than me. Nobody loves that dude more than me. But he is a turnover waiting to happen. I mean, he's oh, got facts. the ball in his hand. Facts. So that's facts. the last person I want bringing the ball up the floor, trying to distribute and facilitate the offense. So, so somebody, my point is somebody has to because we yeah. know, listen, Zion playing the four, so that's not his role. Brandon can only do so much running the three. Um, I mean, he could play the two, but he's a three. And then, like, Drew, like, to your point, Live and die by Drew sometimes. I've seen that. And I guess that's why I'm not as impressed with this roster like some people are. You know, you get people – I mean, there were people before the season ended, uh, you know, went on the break, and I think they, they went 10-9 and nine with games that Zion was in. And, and, uh, but people were like, oh, they can give the Lakers a run. 
And I'm just looking at this roster. I'm looking at the game. You know, that's homers, man. That's that's fans. But I'm a homer, <laughs> but I'm I'm logical. God, <laughs> man, LeBron. Like, Will Will just kind of summed it up when he talked about Drew Holiday. He gonna turn the rock over. So, Thanks. what you getting from Derek Favors? Like, and just in terms of you know, and so that's why you need more from Lonzo because Derek Favors is 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 giving you you know a half a bag of groceries. Zion's, you know, even though he can score, his rebounding is, you know. And he's so, only playing three minutes a quarter, Zion. Like, what is that? Zion, Zion, that? The thing with Zion that really is like a double-edged sword for me is I understand, you know, obviously family first. I understand, you know, you dealing with, quote, unquote, being out of shape, being overweight. I get all of that. But for me, this is where I struggle. If you get paid to hoop, to me, you get paid to be in shape. You get paid to work out. You get paid to play a kid's game, okay? If you paying me that amount of money, I'm about to look like I'm about to be chiseled. That's just what it is. <laughs> and my mechanics are going to be insane. I just have a tough time understanding not putting that time in. And I think that people are enamored with the Pelicans because of youth and potential. But youth and potential doesn't, doesn't give me a championship. It starts it, but it doesn't complete it. Man, I'm like, I'm like, if you you in the NBA and you making that money and you come in out of shape, get on the floor and play in shape. You know, like put the minutes in. Like, like what? Will, I don't. What if three minutes a game? Like, what are they? What are they saving him for? Like, what is an extra four minutes? I understand he probably may lag on defense or end up breathing hard, but you got to play yourself in the shape anyway. So, go ahead, Will. what if they told us? What if they told us all along since he showed up looking like Bane from Batman? That he was in the best shape ever. Like that is that his step pops got him was working him out. That he was like everybody's worried about him showing up with that quarantine fifteen. Dude showed up looking like Zeus. Everybody's like, all right, cool. Well, we know one person who's been getting some work in. So why is he only playing three minutes and you're taking him out? He, he's not wearing the knee sleeve anymore. So I'm thinking to myself, the handcuffs are off. Let him go. But they're still babying him, and I can't stand that, man. I get it. I get the future. I get all that stuff. He's nineteen, twenty. I can't stand that. Do you in the league now? Let's play ball. I didn't do that with Brian. And he wants to do that. And then from everything you hear about him, he wants the ball. Like he doesn't care for this this whole in and out deal. But wait, time out. It's gonna be interesting to see. Time out. Will, what is he what else is he gonna say? I don't want the ball? Right. No, 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 no. I mean as far as when you interview him and you hear him interviewed, all he ever says is, I just want hoop. I just want ball. I just want hoop. I just want ball. I'm not going to badmouth the management. I'm not going to badmouth coach. I'm not going to badmouth the plan. But he's going to badmouth Yeah, you, you, he's going to be at the D. But, like, but in his first game as a, as a Pell against the Spurs, he hit the four threes, and he came over to Gentry. He's like, Coach, leave me in. I'm going to win this for you. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to leave you in, but you have another coach tomorrow morning. So he's like, I can't do that. So the kid wants to ball. So that part of it we love. But this game tonight – being up 16 in the league don't really mean a whole lot to me. I mean, but this is, everybody, but, but, everybody but, makes a run. But, but this the is key the, I want to see, this is where Brandon Ingram, he's up for that big bread. As a closer, this is where you got to get, you got to make your mark and get your big bread. If they've squandered this lead now, so it's going to probably go back and forth through the, the last three minutes. But it'd be interesting to see if somebody like Brandon Ingram steps up and makes a play. Like he's done it before, but now it's a situation where he's got to continuously do it because he wants that max money in the offseason. But here, here's the issue that I have with Zion. I, I, I get the desire to hoop. I get the uh, paper clippings, the newspaper clippings about wanting the ball and wanting to do all this stuff, right? But we have to understand that management is looking at this as assets and liabilities, okay? And when you are that high of a pick, they have to approach things differently because they realize that they have to keep this young man playing within himself, right? not necessarily playing within the ability that he, he has, but he has the potential to hurt himself further. You, I mean, you said it best. I mean, Damon did. I think it was you, actually, about the rebounds. There's no reason why you're this, like, athletic phenom and you have no rebounds. It makes no sense. And you're – wait, time out. And you're playing the four. So you should care. Be, where are you playing? There ain't no, no position. No, 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 but no, out. no, but that matters. You're six I mean, foot seven like, with a 45-inch vertical lead. You can't act like I'm the position sorry. doesn't matter because the point it guard is out here catching reads like that. If you're yeah, four to five, Chris Paul can average seven rebounds a game. No, the, the position, it's a, that's about dog. 
That's about oh, dog. Yeah. That's about want to. That's Westbrook, all that is, bro. Westbrook could go out Westbrook, there and average more rebounds than Zion. Exactly. Westbrook also has an inconsistent jumper, so he got to do something else. Yeah, but he still got an MVP, too. That's he cool. He third in the game, too. He ain't repeated, though. And he still repeated the triple-double, but he ain't repeated. Yeah, he – I think we're being hard on Zion. You know, he, in terms of – he's a rookie coming with all this hype. For, for me, it's not so much Zion. Like, his game is going to blossom. His game is going to mature. His game is going to get better. Correct me if I'm wrong, but before we went into this break, he was definitely averaging more minutes, like, from when he first started that first game against the Spurs. They were yeah. using him more and more. So yeah. what has happened during this COVID break – to where now he's in three minutes a game. I turned the game on. I think uh, when I first turned it on, they, they had like a nine-minute mark, and they were taking him out. He had just got a foul. So I'm like, wait, did he get two fouls or something? No, he First quarter, right? nine-minute mark. I'm like, did he get two fouls? So then they mentioned Zion first foul. I'm like, why are they taking him out three minutes in the I game? I thought it was one, yeah. Yeah, and then, and then so just throughout the course of the game, it's just he's going out every few minutes. So that was my thing. He built up his stamina or built up his time in the game before the break, what is what is why now? Why y'all know how I feel about Gentry? I didn't say this D, before, so. right? But then, I'm not even, I'm not even gonna blame Gentry for that because somebody's telling him this. But D, my point: Do they think we're stupid? Do they think we don't notice this? Like, let's see, you were playing him six minutes to start games when he was coming back. Now after this, after the hiatus, now you only playing him three minutes and taking him out. To the common knowledge, folk, we like hold on a sec. Something might be wrong with him if you're doing it from six minutes to three minutes and you're yanking him out. That doesn't add up to me. So, that yeah, that part of it, I do not understand at all, man. But if there's something else to it, they need to let us know or need to say something. He looks fine to me. He looks like he looks all right to me. All the videos I've seen, he looked all right to me. But I don't I don't think the NBA wants us, wants the Pels to get the eight seed. The NBA wants it to happen in the worst possible way. I just don't know how bad we want it. I really don't. So let, let me ask y'all this before we before we wrap up basketball, unless someone has something else to say. What did y'all think about like the game itself, like the atmosphere, the the no fans, the way it was set up? What did y'all think about that? I loved it because of the backdrops and everything that they put around it, the scenery and how they set it all up or whatever. I loved it. I thought they made it, they enclosed it to where it didn't seem like you were playing in a big empty arena, whatever. So no, I think that part of it, and we actually saw it a little bit in the TVT tournament about a month ago because they showed us basically a little blueprint for how they were going to how it was going to be done so i think they've done it great and even the WNBA games are the same as well i think they've done a great job with that with the backdrops and the logos and the, the atmosphere that they're providing i think they've done a great job the nba has done an absolutely fantastic job throughout this yeah we're going to talk about other sports in a while I, I think so too and honestly i remember when we first started talking about, about this i'm like i just couldn't imagine it but I don't notice it. Like I'm watching, I'm paying so much attention right. to the action on the floor. Yep. Aside from, you know, when I kind of glance at, you know, the social distancing between the players on the bench and stuff. And then right. I see the people on the televisions. I still, in terms of watching the game, it doesn't bother me as much at all. So right. uh, not that big of a deal uh, in terms of how they have it set up. Like you say, I, I like it a lot. So uh, Trey, anything you want to add before we. I mean, we'll, you know, pretty much put it all in a beautiful bowl for us. So. Yeah, tie it all, up. I'm all for it. <laughs> put it on the plate, sprinkle that parsley around. You know, he, you know, chefing it up. The chef. Of course, of course. Chefing it up. All right, fellas. So, like I said, we're going to switch up some sports, uh, and we're going we're gonna to jump right into the NFL. And I know when every time we talk about the NFL, we, we, we end up talking a little bit long, so I'm going to try and keep us on track with this. But we got a bunch of uh, – we got a, the, 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 the Buffalo Bills had five rookies that tested positive for COVID. And amongst that, the, the, the NFL has a list um, of all the teams and players who are opting out, not playing this season because of COVID. Like, they just like, hey, I'm going to stay safe, deal with my family. I don't want to play this year. So the Chiefs had Damian Williams, uh, running back, who, you know, big contributor. Not a lot of stars throughout the course of the league, but then you get to the New England Patriots. New England Patriots have six players, and I'm talking about star players, like safety Patrick Chung, linebacker Hightower, who are like, we're not playing this year. You already got the preseason games canceled. I mean, just your thoughts on players are like, I understand. Look, I'm, I'm not going to play. I want to be safe. But what happens if you start getting more players doing that? What happens if you get Christian McCaffrey who's like, hey, man, look, I, I decided I ain't going to play this year. I mean, this, this could be a big blow for the NFL. It's big. 
And it's one of those situations where guys are now having to make that, what we always joke about making executive decisions when it comes to whether or not you want to tackle somebody or not. We always joke like, hey, he made a business decision right there. Well, guys are literally making business decisions now. And it becomes personal business decisions because you got one guy who you don't know a situation at home. We got guys with pregnant wives or pregnant uh, pregnancies going on. You got guys with newborns. Going, I mean, there's just so many layers to it that you have to take into account. And unfortunately, medically, we just don't really know what, what like, it's just so much, so much information out there. You just don't know what to believe, what not to believe, who to trust. And it's just so confusing to a lot of guys and guys like, you know what? I'm out. I'm good. I'll just tap out. And for a guy like Adante Hightower and for Chung, guys like that who are just what we've seen who are ballers to, for those guys to walk away makes you think like, whoa. So I think it's a situation where the NFL, I think the NBA has the benefit of the bubble and, and it's working out beautifully. Cause remember what we talked about also, we mentioned about, well, what about the workers in the bubble? They got to go home and then they're coming back. So the risk would be a little bit higher, but I think they've got everybody in the bubble now. Like they're not letting anybody out of the bubble, which is a great, great deal. But every sport can't do that. NFL can't do that. There's baseball no chance of baseball can, baseball can't do that. Mm -hmm. So they've got the advantage in that they can do that. So I think football on a college level, on a pro level, on just football in general is going to have some serious issues going forward. And I think this is just the beginning of it right now. Trey, you look. Uh... <laughs> I mean, Will said a lot. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to summarize it a little bit. The NBA has a perspective or, or they've solved this issue in a different way because of a, it's a numbers game, right? They have less players, right? So there's less liability or less risk available in terms of uh, players testing positive for COVID, right? But I said this like weeks ago, right? When we first started talking about well, what happens if the NFL opens and they have a season, my, my retort to that was, well, what happens if Tom Brady gets COVID? What happens if Drew Brees gets COVID? What happened? Like I started Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, right? Mm -hmm. What do you do? Because like they are box office players that are obviously the driving force of the league. Um, we're not talking about a receiver that you can kind of, a lot of teams feel like you can plug and play, right? You can find a running back in like the fifth round and like put him in the, in the game or sign a guy off the street and hope he can make something work. Um, I personally think that the season I think we are going to have games week one. And then I think the following week, you're going to have just a plethora of players with COVID. And I think then you're going to have a situation where people have to reassess if this is even feasible. Because here's the thing. The owners don't care. They care about money. It's a numbers game, right? Players are like, look, I got a family. I have my life. So it's really about what you value. I can't get mad at a person for saying, look, I'm gonna make a choice for my family, for my life, for my livelihood. I am, I am, you will never hear me argue against that. Um, I personally think that this whole season should be a wash, but time will tell. I never thought for a sec that I would ever sit here and see guys walk away from the game and leave that bread on the table. Like that's always been a situation where you just thought no matter what, one guys love to play, but two, not walking away from the bread. So it's it's really, it's a unique situation to see it now where brothers can just sit there and say, you know, now nah, money's good, but family, health, and everything else is more important. Now we've seen guys walk away with the con concussion issues and leave money on the table. That's one thing. This is something totally different to where it's not self-induced injuries or pain. It's something familial to the family or whatever. And it's just a situation where guys are walking away from that. And that I never thought I'd see. I just didn't, didn't think I'd see guys leaving money on the table like that. So that part of it has been sort of refreshing to see, but it also puts everything in perspective also. I mean, damn the money, I could die. Like, yeah, talking about a yeah, disease. But, we're talking about but, something that I can't. Yeah. I'm not saying there's not risk in everyday life. I'm saying that yeah. there's a pathogen that has a higher mortality rate than the common flu. Uh -huh. yep. That Literally, the United States has the top 10 and, you know, obviously risk in terms of, you know, contracting COVID-19. But to your point, Trey, you're saying it's about, damn it, I could die. I don't think they're thinking about themselves. I think they're thinking about others. And again, my I, mom, dad, I, granddad, I, kids, wife, right, you know, right. whatever. So right. that part of it to where, no, you're right. But then you, you, 
those guys, like Jamal Adams famously said, I'll die on the field. Like, well, you don't really mean that, but I get your point. You don't I, really I mean that, but you saying. mean you're going to put in all the effort you can to win the I game. Get what you're I saying. got that. I get what you're saying. You're talking right. about and like, that's, that's 95% of the league. Right. Come on, man. No, I agree. Because let's, let's be real. We, we all men on this call. Like, if it's me or you, it's going to be me. And it's right. like, we on the, like, yeah, we playing, and it, yeah, we want to win, but I'm not trying to die. Right. And a lot of these dudes, listen, man, they're trying to, 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 to leave a legacy. They're trying to establish generational wealth. They're trying to That's the key. for their That's family. The key. Yep. And it's like, look, if I'm gone, what else is All there? this is gone. There's, yep. a lot of, there's a lot of weight, and there's a lot of pressure that people aren't weighing, especially on these black and brown athletes. And it really upsets me when we when we just compartmentalize this stuff in terms of winning a damn game because it's it's, it's more than that. I could give a damn about winning a football game if if a person dies. Mm-hmm. But you, you're I mean, absolutely right. Kind of Malcolm Jenkins uh, wasn't he the one who kind of said, "Look, it's football. Football isn't a necessity," or something like that. He said, "Right, uh, right. I'm know. a Saints fan, right? But if but if Cam Jordan was like, "Look, I ain't playing this year. I'm good with that, bro. I respect that. Do that." Whatever you got to do for your people, whatever you got to do for you, I'm good with that. I'm the same way, man. And I think a lot of these guys are, you know, and not that anyone is, is, is you know, uh, politically motivated or strong ties of the politics, but like Herman Cain died today. You know, so, you know, I think like as you're starting to see some of these bigger name people either get sick or, uh, you know, come down with it, I think that's an eye opener too. I mean, like I said, I don't want to get too political, but, but Cain was just at a, you know, the rally in Tulsa and, no mask and hugged up with people and month later, bam. But then you got to go to the, the, yeah, but then we go through the specifics of it though. What was the age? Underlying right, health right. conditions. Then everybody saying, gets, no, I got it. But you know, but the, 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 the athlete, the Superman athlete, you know, whatever, those guys don't think the same way as, but they right. think about if Herman Cain is their father or their grandfather, right. that becomes the issue. But you know why? I'm As a young guy on the podcast, I'm a, I'm a, because young folks think that I'm invincible, that this can't happen to me. We were young once, Trey. I know you were, Will. I know, <laughs> we Jeff, were the same I way. know Jeff, but I'm saying to give the young perspective right now, I'm just saying, it's like, look, this could happen to you too, fam. Yeah. You're not absolved yeah. of this. This is a real thing. So yeah, that's all absolutely. I got to say on it. I got it. All right. Well, the producer's uh, giving me the sign that he's working out and he wants us to wrap up. So... We're going to go ahead and get in this first break. A lot of good conversation and information, as always. We're not exactly finished with the NFL, so when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about one of Trey's favorite players and where he ranks in the NFL's NFL Network's ranking of NFL players. So we'll be right back on the Combine. What's up, family? This is Corey Ricks, and I want y'all to go out and support my new single, Can't Hold Me. Featuring PJ Martin and produced by the BMGs and Reggie Nicks. Listen, we wanted to make sure that we put some music to go along with the movement because Black Lives Matter. Y'all share it, like it, repost it, let everybody that you know know about this because we want this thing to go mainstream. Thank y'all for all the love and support that y'all have been showing me thus far. I really, really, really appreciate that. Y'all be blessed, you know? Yeah. Hard being black, cause they judge you by your color Never get to know your story, judge a book by its cover Trust me, I feel your struggle, look brother I'm from the gutter, we gotta learn to support Instead of killing each other Listen up America, all we want is justice Police steady killing us, or either they arrest us I'm just speaking my mind, I ain't trying to be violent No pressure, is depressing, no more being silent Listen All of this time, all we've been through Still no love Looking to stay cool and stylish in this summer heat? Shop new styles, including crop tops and tank tops, at shopinthenow.com. Subscribe now and get 15% off your order at shopinthenow.com. You are the heart of New Orleans, and Talk Dad Nola keeps the blood pumping with news, culture, sports, and music from local artists. 
One thing you know for sure is that you can always count on us for accurate news and information that informs and entertains. You're the heart of New Orleans, and at WTDN, Talk That Nola, we keep the blood pumping. You're listening to The Combine with former sports TV broadcaster Damon Darensburg, sports gurus Will Bryant, Terrence Davis, and Trey Roby. Broadcasting live from Skyline Studios in New Orleans East, The Combine is a BAM Network production. All right, everyone, welcome back to The Combine. I'm Damon Darensburg. We're missing one of our partners in crime tonight, Coach T, but still here with Trey and, and Will. And guys, we ended that last segment uh, just talking about, you know, the, the the NFL and players opting out. But we're going to turn into a little bit of happier news in the NFL, or maybe happy depending on, you know, who you're a fan of. The NFL Network released its uh, 100-player ranking today, and we're going we're gonna to focus on the top 10 because we don't have time to talk about 100 players. So I'm going to just call them out to you. Number 10, you know, we're going to talk about whether we agree or disagree and whether we think some players should be moved up or not. So the first one, number one, or should I start at 10? I'm going to start at 10. Start at 10, yeah. yeah. 10 is uh, Derrick Henry, Tennessee Titans running back. Number nine, New England Patriots cornerback Stephon Gilmore. Number eight, Cardinals wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins. Number seven, San Francisco 49ers tight end George Kittle. Number six, Christian McCaffrey. Number five, Michael Thomas. That's what I was talking about, Trey, when I said favorite player. Uh, number four, Patrick Mahomes. Number three, Aaron Donald. Number two, Russell Wilson. Number one, Lamar Jackson. So, uh, and hearing that or seeing the seeing the list, Trey, I'm going to come to you first. Just what you think about it. You think anyone's too high, too low? Uh, yeah, I got you right now. Uh, take Derrick Henry off, but then Julio Jones at 10. Because, uh, like, why is Julio not in the top 10? That makes no sense to me. And this is a Saints fan talking. That man is a dog. Um, I get Lamar had a great year, and I get that, right? And my question to you, Damon, is, is this evaluating the regular season or is this, like, the entirety of the year? It's the entirety of the year. And, so and, why is and, Patty and, Mahomes, and predictions and predictions going into so, next year. So why is Patty Mahomes not number one? I, I, don't, I don't get it. Um, I would, this is what I would do. I would move Lamar to three, keep Russ at two, put Pat at one. Um, I would, uh, man, I would probably put McCaffrey at five, Mike at – six that's what i would do and then take derrick henry off and put in julio jones at the 10. will any, any, any rebuttal any uh and will we can't say too much we got no cowboys or vikings on this you know cowboys and you know no vikings so and uh, that's fine so that shows that the, uh, the the list may be a legitimate there i, I no. disagree with, with, with ice tray <laughs> just saying i keep it to the buck fellas come on so i'm just saying the Derrick Henry thing, I have no problem with that coming off the season that he had. Um, the Patty Mahomes thing, I have no problem with that because Lamar Jackson, if I'm not mistaken, was the MVP of the league last year. So consequently, he should be ranked where he is right now. Who won the Super Bowl? <clears throat> it's crazy. Yeah, and, and who played like crap during the first half of that Super Bowl? <clears throat> but who finished oh, it? Who won it? Who got it? <clears throat> again, again, so that's the whole point of anybody who watched the game, they understand that Pat Mahomes did not play lights out in that game. If the quarterback plays mediocre, he's going to win MVP if his but team can I ask you who, can goes. Can I ask you who threw the I'll touchdown? Let you, ask, you can ask whatever you want to ask. I'm not done yet. So, anyway, so Patty Mahomes, he got his money. He got his ring. He got the jewelry. He got the cash. He got, the, he got everything. Lamar Jackson, on the flip side, is working towards getting to that. And, again, he had an unprecedented year and came up short in the playoffs. So now he's got the incentive to go forward. But your Julio Jones thing is where I really want to take aim at because, again, Derrick Henry or Julio Jones? Derrick Henry. Julio Jones. Derrick Henry said, get on my back did and I stutter? come on this ride with me. You know, but you, you, you did come off a little bit. So get on my back and go for this ride with me. Julio Jones has never put a team on his back. Ooh, they're going to come for you when they listen to this. The quarterback, the court, his quarterback has an MVP, a league MVP. Julio Jones doesn't have a league MVP. So, so Derrick Henry is on the verge of league MVP status. Julio Jones won't be in that conversation anymore. So, again, he's a dog, as you said. Like, yeah, look, I'm a big Julio hey, fan tree. as anybody. Hold it, Trey. Yeah, hold it, Trey. Hold it. Go ahead and put it in your pocket and hold it. 
So I'm as big a fan as Julio as anybody. But if you give me the choice between him and Derrick Henry, I'm taking Derrick Henry 10 times out of 10. So, Will, with that being said, wait, hold it, Trey. With that being said, is Michael Thomas too high on the list? Because, now look, he, you know, he, he, because here's the thing with Michael Thomas, and I, and I, 145, whatever catches, but like you kind of made it seem like that they're dependent on the quarterback. Okay. And so Thomas is number five, uh, and he's on an offense that, that throws the ball a good bit, right? Michael Thomas is not going to get deep down the field like Julio Jones. That's, I almost feel like DeAndre Hopkins may need to be higher than Michael Thomas. Yeah. Uh, see, and I'm, I'm of the mindset of both of those guys just based off the overall circumstances because Michael Thomas is outrunning nobody. Everybody knows that when Drew drops back to pass, he's looking for that guy first, second, and third, and generally that's two or three people guarding, and he still catches 145 passes? Yeah, he belongs on, he belongs on the list. You, we've seen Julio do what he does as well, and it's been great. But DeAndre, the three of us were throwing passes to DeAndre before Deshaun Watson got there, and he was still putting up those numbers. So, without a doubt, he deserves his ranking in there. But Julio, look, man, again, it's it's been a minute to where I, I'm just not at that level right now anymore with Julio as it relates to anybody else on that list, especially when Derrick Henry is facing eight in the box in the NFL. You don't Trey, face eight in the box on Sunday. Here, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let you – so my thing is – Someone's blasting me. Just, yeah, I'm, I'm waiting, I'm, I'm, Daniel, I'm waiting. I'm, do, I'm waiting. I'm waiting on both of y'all. I don't know who I would take off, but I do – I have the respect for Julio Jones in the sense of no one's scared of Michael Thomas catching the ball 30 yards down the field. And like you said, so he's being covered by three guys, but that's 7 to 12 yards. That's how you get that 40 – you know, Drew Brees has led the league in completion percentage all three of Michael Thomas's years. They've been at least one, two, or three in completions all three of Michael Thomas's years. So it's not like Michael Thomas is averaging 17 yards a catch like Julio Jones could. I, I just think, like I said, I think Michael Thomas, in which he'd be a dog on anybody's team, but I also think he's a benefit Whoa, of the system. Whoa, I don't, I don't All know right, about Can that. I go? Like, what's going hey, on? <laughs> okay, so there's a lot that was said. I have facts for y'all to retort. First and foremost, let's let's call it like it is. I'm going to talk about the Lamar Jackson point. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens got beat by a running back in the playoffs. That's why Patty Mahomes should be the first guy on that list. I said what I said. I'm saying it with my chest. <laughs> Second of all, when you're talking about Michael Thomas, people like to say he only runs slant routes. I'm going to give you the passer ratings for a few of the routes that he runs. Crossing routes, 118. Out routes, 121 when targeted. Wide receiver screens, 103. In routes, 119. Hitch routes, 107. Deep routes, 102. My point is, the man runs the route tree. So everybody says, we're not afraid of him. If y'all not afraid of him, why are you putting up these numbers? If anything, that should speak to how great this man is, that you know the ball's going that way, and you just can't stop that man. And to the you point about the route tree, I ain't done yet. Hold on, Damon. I ain't done yet. I got one more for you. You route tree and only run eight yards. I got one more for you for Julio Jones. Okay. Since 2016, Michael Thomas has played less games, has had less targets, but has had a higher catch rate, has had more yards and more touchdowns than Julio. Mind you, his rookie year, Michael Thomas played alongside Brandon Cooks, who was crying on the sidelines before he got traded. So, yeah, that's how I, I don't understand you. I don't understand your point. My you point is, made our, you made our point you is, just wait a minute. You just put Julio in your top ten, then you kick the ending on the way down. Like, I'm out. I'm out. Mike's not leaving my ten. I'm putting Julio in my ten because I'm comparing how great Mike is also to how great Julio is. And mm. running backs, hold on, Will. I'm not done with you. Running backs have a less shelf life. We're not talking shelf life. Why, so my right point now. is, you're talking about he's right on the verge of being MVP. When he right got now. one more year till his knees give out. Right now. Well, he got one more year till his knees blow out. Right now. Come on, man. Come on, man. Let me ask you this, Trey. Would you take, if you, you had a chance to pick two players, not fantasy, yeah. just two players? Yeah. Any time. Cool. Yep. Knowing, knowing right now what you've seen from these players, you're taking yep. McCaffrey or Thomas? I'm taking Mike. Come on, Damon. That I'm was a loaded a question. Mike. The boy got on Saints underwear. You knew where he was going First with that. All, I can't believe I you asked him that question, man. Taking Mike. You knew where he was Mike. going with I'm taking that. Mike. Just off, and, and the reason why, and I'm going to tell you this, tell you this. Outside of being a Saints fan, but I'm going to be logical here. I know Will has a joke for that. 
Um, my point is running backs don't have a long usage in this league. Right. Right. We know so that. at some point, if you're asking me a question about who I'm picking, I'm picking who I can get the most out of for the longer period of time. Can you get the more team? out of Mikey T without nine throwing him the ball? Well, I saw That's... five throwing him the ball. I saw five throwing him the ball and his tar- and his five. and his uh production didn't drop. Teddy threw him the ball. His production didn't drop. What are you talking about? It didn't drop. drop Teddy it. was undefeated. Uh, no, 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 no. Mike right. averaged 100 yards a game with Teddy B. What are you talking about? I'm going to go back to the route tree. The, yeah, let's yards. go back to the route tree, that eight-yard route tree. Hey. I just picked a couple I, of those. And, and I passed the rating for those specific routes. We can joke about that all day long, D, but you and I know, look, if you make money off that slant route, brother. Michael Irvin made, is in a Hall of Fame off that slant route. And I didn't route, even call out the slant route, but you want to hear that one so, too? I got it. No, no, no. You said okay. that. I don't know who's saying that. I don't, I don't. I got it. You want to hear it? I don't care what people say. I know what I say. I know what my eyes tell I me. I don't numbers. need anybody else to tell me anything. Numbers. 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 No, All numbers, I care man. about is running that slant route, and there's a safety right there ready to take your head here's off. The thing, you Will, that here's thing. the thing, I got here's no problem with you, man. Here's the thing. Kudos. If Byron Jones, the former cowboy, he knew where the ball was going, and he couldn't stop it. No. If, I, if you know what I'm going to do, Jones. and you just – I, I said Jesus. the former cowboy, the yeah, former the guy Jones. that was covering Mike God. this past season who yeah. got torched, him. He's the highest paid quarterback uh, right now, too. And, he's right, and he got torched. That's my point. Yeah, That's but Mike, that, great what's Mike your is. point? We, we already, I already said that. You're repeating what I just said. This what That's what I don't understand. You're repeating everything I just said. Time out. What I'm saying is, if you know that, if, if y'all keep saying he runs the same routes and, and the same slant or whatever. Who said not, that? No, no. I, we, we said, I said he didn't get down the field. I said nobody was That's all. If you we didn't say that. that. If you take away the shallow routes, he still has the higher uh, receiving rate. You do we that, never right? said we said you put three on him, he still catches 144. We right. gave him his prop. We're giving it to him. Yes, yes, nobody said that. We killed your Julio Jones argument, and you just went off on the Mike Thomas deal. All, all, I, was, all I was saying was that for me, the difference for Julio is that I know Julio can get down the field. Julio's gonna scare you deep. That, He's gonna scare it. you on the Ask Carolina when he's on the field. Julio is gonna scare you on the route tree so we, so further you down the field. Julio on the Cowboys or the or the Vikings. Wait a second. Ooh. Would you not want Julio Jones on the Cowboys? I definitely would. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. He's going to scare you further down the field on that route tree than Michael Thomas would. But can Julio but, not run every route? I'm perfectly fine with that just based yes, off the fact did, that it's, right? That's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's 10 yards to a first down. And Mike Thomas getting you seven or eight. Uh, hey, man, the chains are moving. I got no problem with that. Right. So and I'm I saying, have no problem with him. If Michael Thomas is giving you seven and eight, Julio is more consistent at giving you 12 to 13. And, well, and, yeah. I think, and, and to that That's point, I think, I think a lot of that is predicated on the strength of the quarterback's arm. Because here's the thing. We can say that Mike can't, but he doesn't have a guy that can give him the opportunity to show that ability. He can't. He so can't. that's my point. And that's right? okay. So like, that's so like, that's perfectly fine. Hypothetically, hypothetically, if Jameis comes in as a starter and he's just like, whoa, he's crazy, right? He's slinging that ball. And he's throwing it downfield, and we see a different Mike. It's it's a That's product of the quarterback's ability. So we don't know if he can or can't. No, yeah, we I know he can. No, we don't. We don't. No, we do. No, no we don't. I just, I just, we in don't. my opinion, I don't think you're gonna see nine routes if, if if he's got to do. He has to play within the the abilities of the guy distributing the ball. Will yeah, he's got the guy drawing the plays? That's one of the best play calls, if not the best call. Play right, but who throws the ball? And who's let me finish, and he's putting it in there. Now, when the air conditioner's turned on to a certain level in the Superdome and Drew's got the AC at his back, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> you talking about Drew Brees doing this? You talking about, you talking about. When he's got the AC no. at his back, D, you know, when they, when they do the coin tossing, which way is the air conditioner blowing? <laughs> All I know is this. That's All I know is this. All I know is this. Know That's what they decide. This, 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 they go, and, and, here, and here's the point I'm going to go. When you play the Minnesota Vikings <laughs> and you call a fly route and you underthrow Ted Ginn and the coach has to put in Taysom Hill to throw the bomb, that says a lot about the quarterback's ability. Okay, Trey, I'm saying that. How many attempts have you seen at a fly route with Michael Thomas? That's my point about Drew because he can't do no. it. But you know what, D? To that point, this is the, the play I was thinking of, uh, the Rams game, not the playoff game, the one during the season. That went back and forth, back and forth, where he he destroyed uh what's his face? Number 22. Yeah, he's not there. Peter. Ah, dog it. Peters. 
destroyed Peters. So that oh, was my trash. play that I was thinking about. Will Marcus Peters out. But Marcus Peters had a history of his, his MO is he peaks in the backfield. Sean mm-hmm. Payton knows he peaks in the backfield. Little play action, got him going. Mike ran right by him. That wasn't an absolute go route. That was something they saw. They no, called no, it because he's got the best play caller in the league. Well, also, so, also Marcus no. Peters guesses on routes too. You he have to guesses. Have to, he gambles. He peaks. He, he does everything. And he, he, gets he does a lot of a lot. things. He gets burned a lot, right? So again, but bottom line is you'll never have to bring that safety over the top to say, hey, hey, make sure. 13 don't go over there. No. Julio, you got to bring that safety over there. Safety yes. got a shade that's, over there. Well, that's, that's all. That's the only point I was right. making. That's all I was saying. My point I is, know. and my point is, Matt Ryan can throw the ball further than Drew Brees, than Andrew Christopher Brees. And we get that, Trey, but, I mean, you still see Brees try. You just don't see him try. To yeah, but Thomas. I would try to do a lot of stuff I can't do. I'm going to see attempts to Michael Thomas. Attempt. You're going to attempt it with Ted. But, but that's my – but yeah. listen, but my point is this. Yes, the guy is young. We don't know if he can because the guy – it's football, man. He's, but, Trey, but what, what D is saying, the though, he, they still ran the so go – but they ran the go right, go routes for Ted Ginn is what, what he's saying. D is saying. They still called him, drew under underthrew him. Yeah, Ted can only run one route. Ted can okay, only run but, one route. So – and Michael Thomas can run every route except one route is what but you're that's, saying. But here's okay. the thing. If you got – if you're paying a guy like Ted Ginn to run – Routes and he can only one run one route. I gotta give him targets, so of course you know I'm gonna be interesting to see. It's gonna be interesting to see what Sanders can do in this in this offense. It'll be I'm interesting really to see when to see Drew that. retires who the young guys gonna <laughs> throw that ball to see if Mike can do it. And if he can't, then y'all win this, and I and I will concede to that. But no, so is, Trey, you want know. the young guy? You want the young guy at a fifty percent completion rate, but he can throw it seventy yards from his knee, or you want the guy? To, hey, to, hey, to pop gonna, we got a great play caller, so he'll make it work. Seven, he'll dial it up. Uh, hey, I'm just saying that seventy percent completion rate. Hey, I, I hey, think I'm taking that. Hey, he got Teddy Bridgewater paid, so I'm going with Sean. I'm Payne. taking absolutely. He got I'm Teddy taking B that. Paid, so give me look, hey. give me blind old Jameis that took that. Let him, let him fix. Let him fix Jameis. Then I'm a I'm a personally building right. a statue for him. Matter of fact, he, he you know what? That. You know what? Will buy me lunch when he fixed Jameis. How about that? <laughs> he fixed. I buy you lunch, dinner, wherever we go to, wherever you want to go, brother. No, I promise going, you that all that. I'm not gonna say where we right. gonna go because they didn't they didn't pay for advertising. But no, they did not. Advertising. But we gonna go there. We going there. <laughs> all right. So some more football talk. We didn't we didn't you know basically got stuck on Michael Thomas. But something else that happened today is uh, the SEC has decided to only play conference games. So. That chops what? A couple of games off of the schedule. And I guess for me, I don't understand. And maybe Will could help, Trey. Maybe you could help. I don't understand the rationale. Like, what's the difference between playing that first game against Texas or, you know, the 10 games in conference and you're playing, you know, Vanderbilt and, and Florida? And, I mean, what's the, what's the difference? It's money. It's money. It's a money game. What's going to bring in the most revenue, most ad revenue, I mean, we think. I mean, we talked last week about how much money LSU football alone brings into the school, right? I mean, people love to watch LSU Bama. If we're gonna be honest, Bama has dominated that rivalry over the past decade, if not more. So, I mean, again, it's a numbers game. They don't really care. They just want to make money. I disagree, Trey. I think it's not this. I, I, I agree with you that money, the, the end all be all. But in this situation, it wasn't about money. It was more about they needed a little bit more time to get things going. Because ordinarily, that would have been Labor Day weekend, the Texas game. So now you push it back to September 26th, that gives us a little bit more time to work through the nooks and crannies of this thing and basically give themselves a crutch before going forward. I don't think it's going to matter. I really don't. I hate to say that. I just don't think it's going to matter. Regardless, I'd be floored if they played a season. They might get week one off the ground, but anything more than that. And that's why it's being labeled as an SEC-only schedule, because by the time you get to that week three, it's SEC-only anyway. So it's really just putting a little spin on it, a little wordplay. But it, it's not a matter of, oh, genius idea. Let's No, you eliminated weeks one, two, and three, because now everybody will be in conference play anyway. So, so my, so my question is, other conferences doing it. I mean, it's, it's just – ACC's doing it. The ACC is yeah, doing it. ACC's and, doing it. And they added Notre Dame. Uh, I think the Pac-12, Ben came out and said that they were doing it. So everybody's just playing follow the leader right now. But I just feel bad, man, because – and, again, this ain't a, a – I called my guy who's, you know, up there at LSU, and I hit him today, actually, and asked him about something else. He goes, hold up, I'm on, I'm on a call right now with the SEC. We, we got to do our voting. 
I'm like, oh, okay, good luck with that. And he doesn't know. Like, nobody knows, man. It's the great big unknown. Like, they can vote. They can say whatever they want to say. It's just the big unknown because of what we've already seen happen at Clemson, 23 players or whatever. What we've already seen happen elsewhere. This isn't going anywhere. It's only going to get worse because you can't put these guys in a bubble. They're going to be floating around campus, floating around that city, wherever they are. And this is going to be a situation where it's not going anywhere. So your backup plan is going to have to be your key to where you're talking about when one of the big names, Trevor Lawrence comes down with it. Who's his backup? And then Trevor's locked up in quarantine for 14 days. That's two games that Clemson wants to play. I'm like, no, they don't want to do that. So I just find it hard to believe that they're going to be able to get this thing off the ground, man. I hope they do, but I hope they do it safely, carefully, and whatever. But it's just, it's, I think it's virtually impossible to make it happen. I, you know, I'll just echo what I said earlier in the podcast. I don't think it's going to happen. I think the more, but, yeah, I think yeah. the more, I think the more people are going to possibly contract COVID-19 um, and potentially spread it. I think you're going to run into a situation where schools have to think about the risk of their students. Cause yeah, they're players, but they're students, right? They're not paying these students, right? To play this game that's generating money for their institutions. So then it becomes an issue of liability. Then you have lawsuits pending. There you go. That's what I was about to say, Trey. I was about to tell you, put your legal hat so, on because so, that's exactly it. Because that's because that's how I'm looking at it. Like, okay, it's different from professional athletes. These are still students. These are still kids. Right. And we had, you know, one of our earlier episodes, you know, we, we had gone back and forth about, you know, uh, your, your man body and, and, and maturing in sports and things like that. They're, they're kids. Right. So that's how I'm looking at it. Um, and I understand that they want to play. I understand that they want recognition. I understand they want to build a legacy. Um, but, man. I mean, your guy, the, the Virginia Tech cornerback, I think it was, who, who opted out, said he's not playing. If they come back with it, I'm not playing because he's a, he's a potential first-round draft pick. So, right. again, so expect that to happen more often. Damn, skipping a bowl game, guys going to be like, I'm not doing that. So, so, so time out. So, so Trevor Lawrence say, I ain't playing. I wouldn't blame it. You know what I'm saying? Like, so then, so then, so no, I'm not blaming them either. And we all, we're, I think we're all in agreement on this call about that. Um, but I, it's just like, what do you do? Do you cancel the whole season? I Again, think, I mean, like, if you're not going to, if they're still, yeah, I know, but they're still working out the fan situation. So LSU seats 102,000. If, if they have 30,000, they space them out, whatever, whatever. Screw that. I'm not going, and there's nothing more fun for me to do than a Saturday at Tiger Stadium. I won't be there, but that's the risk that everybody's that, – that's one of the propositions that's being thrown out there. But they don't even care about that. As long as you can flip on your TV at 11 o'clock every Saturday and ESPN's kicking off a game, ESPN2 has a game, ESPN News has a game, that's where your money coming in. Now, but if this you're is, but, on and those games aren't happening – that's when the college is going to be taking an L like, okay, now this is real big business for us. But, but this is the point I want to make, right, is when we talk about COVID-19 and athletics, right, when, when one person gets it, folks are talking about contact tracing, right? Where, like, can we trace where, you know, you got COVID-19 so we can understand and, and person quarantine and such, right? So if, if I'm a starting running back for a team and I hung out with, person A, person B at a party, at a function. I went to Cane's. I did whatever, right? I went and got some food. I hung out with this person, that person. You, you, like you, you're, unless you are going to keep these athletes confined in a space for God knows how long they're going to have this season over the course of the 10 games, there's just literally no way that you're going to be able to contain the, the, the transmission of COVID. I just don't see it happening. And thus, I see the um, season just being canceled. I, I just... Because NBA is different. Because you could literally bring them dudes to Disney World and just keep them there. <laughs> and we're, we're kind of seeing the same thing. We got about five, six minutes left in the show. We're kind of seeing the same thing. Everything that Traders mentioned, Will, you just mentioned. We're seeing it in baseball. Um, you know, the Florida Marlins came down with a slew of their, their roster uh, tested positive for COVID. The Philadelphia Phillies had a couple of players that tested positive. And he just played against the Marlins. That's right. And, right. and you, you know, so their series against uh, the Yankees. Yeah, the series against the Yankees. I mean, it's just so you're basically you get a couple more teams. I mean, it's postponing series. Series are being canceled. You get a couple more teams with a number of players, and, and baseball can't move on. I sent you guys a text earlier in the week after the Florida information came out, and I'm just like, well, it was good while it lasted because 
you know, D, how much of that are we thinking? Because, again, Florida has been a hot spot. Miami has been a hot spot. The Florida Marlins, where, where was their baseball team while this was going on? I mean, simple things, going out to dinner, picking up food or whatever the case may be, right around in that area, that was a hot spot. Texas, hot spot. California, hot. So there was no way to monopolize those guys and keep them or bubble them, as we say now, to keep those guys centralized to, and protect them. There was no way to do it. This was bound to happen. Bound to happen. But now the situation, well, now you got the equipment guys. You got guys, uh, staffers. You got different people within the, the organization that are just coming down with it to where that's going to be a situation where baseball is just, I mean, 18 players, from, 18 personnel with the Marlins, that's a staggering number. On a baseball team, my God, that's staggering. Who they come in contact with? So then you had the Phillies, who they just played, two of their players got it. And then the, 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 whoever they were about to play was like, we're not going there. We're not going, we're not going in that locker room where they were. Cancel that. So they have to shut that down. So that's the epidemic that we're going to be facing that's not going anywhere potentially. And I just don't see a stoppage. I don't see a fix for this. I don't. It's a, it's a problem that's there and it's going to be there. And I don't think anybody has any idea how to, how to get a grip on it. Wraps up. I, I mean, I'm going to go back to, I think it was like the second or third episode we recorded um, when we came back from the, you know, the COVID break and we started doing the, the, the remote podcasting. And I said, look, you know, I think there's going to come a point where folks are just going to say, look, we just got to live with this. And y'all got to figure out how to, how to reacclimate yourself to regular life. And y'all got to figure out how to maneuver through this. And I see a lot of people signing a lot of waivers a lot of medical waivers to, to absolve folks from any sort of liability. Um, unfortunately, um, obviously with the mortality rate of COVID, there's been um, a lot of deaths across the world, across the country. And so I think it's gonna come down to this. Look, look, either we're gonna cancel everything and we're just gonna go back and we're gonna try to redo this whole quarantine, social distancing thing, or we're just gonna live with this. And, and that's just a risk that you're in the assumption of the risk, right? You're just going to have to assume that risk and go about regular life. Um, and I would honestly rather the former than the latter, obviously. Um, but I just think that I think baseball is going to get canceled. I think football for certain is going to get canceled. I think the only quote unquote safe sport in terms of the climate that we're in would be the NBA just because of it's less people. It's more to man. It's less to manage. So. And the bubble. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. You can literally put them in there like a bunch of sardines and just have them go hoop. Yeah. Well, yeah, fellas. I mean, it's just, it's unfortunate that, you know, every time we, it's like every sports subject that we get on for this show is just wrapped in COVID, you know, which is why I want to throw the NFL top 10 list up in there is, and, you know, it's just hard to find things going on in the sports world that's you know, and like life. It's being impacted by COVID. So it just makes it so much more difficult to, to have these discussions and try and have them outside of COVID. But it's impacting so much. It makes it hard to have these conversations. It does. But it's it's we're, we're what, four months, five months in now. And we've always maintained there's a silver line. There's a silver lining somewhere, somewhere. Along, and that's what we're hoping and praying for, obviously. Basketball is giving it to us in a small dosage, but they're giving it to us. As soon as we're done with this, Clippers, Lakers, and that's for real. Like, that, that's going to make my night. I don't need fans. I don't need anything else. So that's going to be great. But that's a small morsel. That's an appetizer for us. I just don't think we're going to get the entree, man. I don't think we're going to get NFL and college football, unfortunately, which even though camps opened, what, yesterday, day before? I, mean, I just I can't see it happening. But over the next – tell you what. These next seven days before we tape again, it'll be very interesting to see what happens in the NFL. Yes, it will be. Yes, it will be. Well, we saw our sweaty producer giving us the rap signal again. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and uh, wrap up this edition of the Combine. But uh, guys, you know, just as always, always good to hear from you fellas. Always good to hear Absolutely. your opinion. Um, always good to catch up. And as Will always say, just chop it up. So didn't have Coach T with us this week, but hopefully he'll be able to join us next week. Uh, so wrapping this episode up with Trey on the West Bank, Will, Lakeview, Will? Lakeview. Yeah, yeah. Lakeview, yeah. I've never heard a dude Lakeview as hard as Will. I respect it, though. <laughs> I didn't think I was Lakeview! <laughs>
I'm 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 a I'm a two iron away from the seven wall where I grew up. <laughs> I ain't throwing up I ain't throwing up no gang signs, dude. That ain't happening. Hey. <laughs> All right, Trey. I know uh, you know we about to wrap this up, so. I got you. I got you. Look, look, I know I got riled up because y'all talked about my boy number 13 on the Who Dads. But look, if you like this episode, don't forget to like, comment, share, subscribe. We're here every week. It's the Combine. See y'all next week. This has been a BAM Network production.